Welcome to Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things. I'm your host, Carrie Drugan, and I will be showing you how average, everyday middle-class people are choosing to make positive changes in their life to accomplish what makes them happy. I hope these podcasts will allow you to feel a connection with people who are just like you and make you realize you can have the life you want. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Today, I have a very special guest named Logan. Welcome, Logan. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So, Logan, tell everybody how old you are. I am 13. You are 13. This is the first time we've had a guest that was under the age of probably, I think, our youngest guest so far has been in their 20s. So this is pretty exciting. So I want to start off by you telling me, what is it that you love to do? What is something that excites you every day that you really enjoy? Something that really excites me. It's a tough one. It's got to be between singing and softball. Oh, nice. Do you play uh, for the school for softball or are you playing like a competitive league? I play travel, which is not quite school level, but not quite recreational. Right. Well, it's pretty intense because I know people that do travel soccer. You're, you're going all over the place, right? Yep. Uh, just a few weekends ago, we went to Virginia Beach, which was pretty fun. Nice. Nice. Were you there before it rained? No, it rained. <laughs> so you didn't get to join as much as you could have, right? Yeah, we were stuck in the hotel. Right, right. Now, what position do you play on the team? I am, am a second baseman, actually. Nice. And you've been playing since you were a little kid, or when did you start? I started softball when I was probably about 10, but I played baseball a while before that. Mm, very nice. And now singing, when did you start to learn how to sing? Ooh, that probably when I was 12-ish. Oh, so um, recently, not too long ago. Not too long ago, 12-11. Now, did you take lessons, or it was just something where you were singing around the house, or how did that start? It started... Well, before lessons, I guess then it was about 10 where I started singing around the house. And then I was like, oh, for my birthday, I'd like singing lessons. And it's just been a constant thing where I went from a singing teacher who was in college to an actual professional singing teacher. Hmm. It was, yeah. That's pretty awesome. Now, who is uh, someone you admire within the music industry? Is there like a singer or a band that you would love to sing with or learn more about? Ooh, that's a, that's a rough one. Um, I'm going to sound really like mainstream, but I'm a really big fan of like Taylor Swift and Selena Gomez. <laughs> I love Taylor Swift. And I, she, when she first started, she was more country and now yep. she's more in the pop scene. So I, all of her stuff is really catchy and I like yeah. her also. Mm -hmm. She's really good. Oh. So I, one of the reasons we have you on today is your mom talked about kind of how you are very active as a volunteer. So tell me a little bit about how maybe your first experience volunteering when you were younger and kind of the things that you volunteer in now. What was the first thing that you volunteered with? First thing I ever really volunteered with was since as long as I could remember, probably for years since I moved here, I was in the vacation Bible school that went over the summer. And the first thing I chose to volunteer with in fifth grade, the year that all the volunteer stuff opens up, was to be a counselor in training there. Mm -hmm. Yep. And what do you do as a counselor in training, as a volunteer for that? It was, I don't, it was, um, I guess you just kind of walked around. It was basically like being in the camp, except you got a cool shirt, but was fun. And so from there you decided that, okay, volunteering is pretty cool. It's something yep. that I want to continue. Yep. 
and your, then, your mom volunteers also, right? So you had it in your family. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> now being a kid, cause one of the things that I find is hard is to find volunteer opportunities for kids. Usually you have to be like 16 and up. How does somebody find volunteer opportunities for your age or younger? Or like, do you know of organizations yeah. where they involve kids a lot? That was how it was for a while. And then I realized a lot of places where you see the counselors in like high school and stuff, Mm -hmm. they run programs for like, if they have a middle school camp, they usually have an elementary school camp where middle schoolers can come in and like be counselors and training, which is a lot of volunteer work and stuff, which Mm -hmm. I enjoy doing that. I do it at like surf camp and vacation Bible school. I used to. Hmm. And so that's doing, a good way to get started then. Yeah. And then I'm doing some more over the summer for different camps. And there's definitely, if you look hard enough, there's a lot of places that do it. Mm. Nice. Now you do, um, I know you do a lot with, and correct me if I'm wrong, the Truth 365, is that the name of the organization or is it Athletes Crushing Cancer, which is the name of the organization? The Truth 365, which is run by... Mike Gillette um, is the first organization I started, kind of. Actually, that's not true. It was I Promise 15. But the True 365 is the big organization that I set up Athletes Crush Cancer with, which is my own charity for basically Athletes Crush Cancer. Mm, you created it yourself? Yes. Now, how did you do that? I went to Mike because I knew him from CureFest because I sung at CureFest. I knew him from Fundraiser by the Fountain, which was the first thing I volunteered in after Gavin died in 20, uh, 2013. So I volunteered for I Promise 15, and then I met the True 365, and I started volunteering there. And I did stuff like photo shoots for CureFest, and I helped my mom with interviews for her project. And so I got introduced to that. And then after a while, I was like, there isn't a reason keeping me from being able to do it on my own. So I went to Mr. Mike. I was like, I really, I have this campaign idea. Here's how I want to do it. Here's what it'd be geared towards. And he was like, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. Mm. Okay. Well, before I continue with that, I want to go back. So you're a friend of yours named Gavin. He passed away from childhood cancer in 2013. That's correct. Yep. My neighbor. So tell us about Gavin as your friend, as you, as you remember him before kind of all that stuff happened. What type of person was he? Ooh, that's, it's a not often asked question. <laughs> um, hmm. we moved here and when I was one mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure the Rups were either already here or moved in not too long after us. Right. So I remember doing stuff like, hanging out with Ian, who is Gavin's brother, and our other neighbors like Ashley and Alex and all the friends on my street. Because when you're a kid, your friends are really limited to whose house is in the sight of yours. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. But I remember going out and hanging out with them, and we'd always have fun times, and we had some older kids. So it was – we didn't have a lot of young kids around here. We had maybe three other kids on my street that were my age. And the fact that we could hang out with Gavin, because he was really chill and stuff, let us hang out with all the other big kids, which was super fun, because every every little kid wants to be a part of the big kid group. Right. And 
we'd do stuff and he'd he'd kind of show us videos and he'd keep us in the loop of and if there were bullies we Ian would talk to him about how to deal with bullies and then it was like it was fun <laughs> so he was it was good to have that neighbor of the street so that when you came after school you could hang out and watch movies and talk yep. and ride bikes and that sort of thing right Yep, and he was always really nice to all of us because I remember some of the other big kids weren't as nice. Right, so he was always sticking up for everybody. Yeah, much or, more or less. That's good. That's good to hear. Yeah. So now um, he unfortunately had cancer, and do you remember, I mean, did you know what that was at such a young age or what it meant? Had you ever heard about it before or been around it before as a kid? I had one of our neighbors... I remember she passed away of cancer when I was younger. So I kind of knew what it was. And I remember the day we found out about Gavin's cancer, it was, I was young. And when I heard cancer, all I heard was the fact that our neighbor had died from it. And it kind of, it made it a lot harder on me as a kid because it was, it wasn't, oh, cancer can be treated. It's, oh, cancer is the thing that killed my neighbor. Mm. Mm. So now, um, after, and I don't want to dwell on that because I know that can be very emotional to talk about, but one of the things that I had read that your mom sent me that I thought was really neat was, um, in his memory of you and I think it was a friend of yours created a song and you wrote it and did you compose it as well? Can you tell me a little bit about the song that you guys created? Um, Oh, without you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was <laughs> totally different track, but it was me and my friend Ryan, mm-hmm. who, contrary to most belief, is a girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is um is um we wrote a song because she lost Matthias, who was another boy who died of cancer. Mm. And she lost Matthias and I had lost Gavin. And we wrote this song. It was the first song I had ever really written that was produced. And I kept telling myself, oh, it's not about Gavin. Oh, it's not about Matthias. It's just a song we wrote. And the more I thought about it, the more it was like definitely about the losses you have in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the two of you wrote that together at, at yep. what age? A couple years ago? Um, not a couple years ago, about last year. So last I was year. probably 12 when we started writing it. Right. And halfway through, I probably turned 13. Right. That is very impressive. So how did it feel? Because you had said you, you started singing, you said not long before that. Yeah, it was insane. <laughs> Where you're like, okay, now, now I want to be professional after that? I was like, oh my God, it was crazy because... <sighs> It's like a weird feeling to describe, but it's like, how do I put it? It's like, if you've never had cake, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you've tried cake, and most people like cake, and cake's pretty good. And it's, you never knew you were missing it, but when you have it, you realize how much you could have used it before. Oh, I love that. That is so smart and so artistic. I like that. So what did you like about the music process? Did you like the writing, the composing, the producing, the performing, or just kind of the whole package of everything? 
I'm definitely more of a fan of the writing and the recording. And then I get really fidgety. So when it comes down to sitting there and having Todd, which is Ryan's dad, compose the music, I get really fidgety. <laughs> so I'm definitely a lot calmer when it's the writing and right, recording right. part. <laughs> now, do and I heard the song. It's really beautiful. It's really beautifully sung and really beautifully written. I was very impressed. So are you still continuing to write now and sing now, or was that uh, kind of yes, we are. Oh, good. And so, then. So, so tell us more about that. Ooh, I've had Without You Now came out, out, which is right now it's the only song I'm singing on, but I helped write Wildfire and Vacant, Vacant Heart. And then me and Ryan have another song that's kind of like Without You Now coming out pretty soon. I'm going in tomorrow, actually, to finish up the recording on it. So it's called State of Mind. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to be really great. And then Todd actually opened up a program where we go in and a bunch of different kids write songs together. Mm-hmm. So we have two more songs from that too. So right now there's three songs in the making. And, and now there's are you three putting out. this? So, you're, so you are putting out as an album? Not as an album. I think Without You Now went up on Bandcamp. I think that's where State of Mind is going to go too. And then um, SoundCloud is where the other ones are going to be going. Hmm. Well, when when will that be out? Because I'd love to hear it. State of Mind should be out soonish, hopefully. And I can actually get my um, track down tomorrow. Oh, so that'll be so cool! That. And then the three songs um, without you now, um, Wildfire and Banquet Heart, are already out. And then. Two more songs, which are So Long Summer and Fool's Gold, are in the process. Oh, and there's another song. It's uh in the beginning of the work, so it doesn't quite have a name. But mm-hmm. those four are all in the future. And so you wrote the lyrics to all of these songs? Yep. I so, helped write. So where does your inspiration come from when you're writing? That's a tricky question, because I know a lot of the singers are like, Taylor Swift takes inspiration from being dumped. (laughs) I don't really, I'm not sure where I get inspiration from. I just, I write something down and I run with it. Mm -hmm. And it can be about experiences that I've never had. I mean, Wildfire is, Wildfire is basically a song that has, talks about something I've never experienced. Mm -hmm. And then Vacant Heart is about heartbreak, which Seeing as I'm 13, I've also never right. experienced. Right. That is awesome. So I think I take a lot from the other people in the room. Right. Now I kind of draw be, on their experiences. Will you be doing a like a music video with it as well or no? Oh, I, I want to, but I don't know. <laughs> that would be fun, though. That is so cool. So now let me go back to what you were saying about your athletes crushing cancer um, organization that you created and you had said something like you know why why not me why can I why don't I just create that where where does that come from is that something that your parents have instilled in you like where you find that confidence of well I'll just do it it doesn't matter that I'm 13 I'll just start it I think it definitely came 
after Gavin passed away, there was a time where it was really rough Mm -hmm. and I let people push me around and I, I just kind of, I kind of gave up for a bit and sixth grade, not the best year for me. I gave up. And at the end of sixth grade, I decided that it wasn't fair that I could go on living and was just going to waste my life just giving up. So it kind of came from that. It came from, I don't want to be the person who wastes my life on giving up because I'm lucky enough to have one. Mm. Man, for 13, you are uh, a very mature and wise young woman. Thank you. (laughs) So let me ask you, because I asked this to all of my guests, and obviously they're much older than you are and they're adults and they're living their life and you're, you know, still at home and living and going to school and that sort of thing. Yep. Sadly. Yeah. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. When, how, being, even though you're younger, there are certain life experiences that you've had that nobody else has had. What would you say to somebody who is older than you, who maybe is an adult that is scared to do something that they've always wanted to do? If they haven't experienced a loss in the way that you have, where do you think that that person can find the confidence and the strength inside themselves to say, Hey, why not me? Why not try this? Like you have. I definitely, it takes a lot of looking at yourself and deciding the type of person you want to be because there's nothing wrong with being the person who sits on the couch. There's nothing wrong with it, but you have to be sure you want to be that person because if you don't and you choose to skip out on all the choices you have because you think you might want to be that person, you miss a lot of great opportunities. That is so well said. <laughs> so smart. So now tell me, now that you're, you've done already so many wonderful things at such a young age and you're in seventh grade, is 13 seventh grade? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Okay. So you're turning 14 soon. So uh, do, when you look at, you know, when you turn 18, do you see yourself going to college? Do you see yourself, you know, continuing this organization, starting a business? Where do you see yourself right now? What is the type of thing that you want to be when you are an adult? Ooh, the the hardest question of a kid's life. <laughs> no I, pressure, no pressure. I definitely see myself going to college. What I want to do isn't quite set up yet. It's I have like the three big topics that I want to gear towards. And what are those? I really like debate, so I wanted to I either want to go into something like being a lawyer or doing politics. Mm-hmm. And I really like helping people. And I'm, my third option isn't great because I'm, I'm a tad scared of blood. So, but I do want to become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So nothing with singing. So you see singing more as a hobby. You wouldn't want to be the next Taylor Swift. I would, but I mean, I definitely want something to fall back on to because mm-hmm. I don't want to go and try to be the next Taylor Swift. And end up not being the next Taylor Swift. <laughs> and then I'm stuck at age 30 without a college degree. Right, right. Well, I think, and, and you've already done it, which is pretty impressive. And you'll see as you get older that a lot of these experiences and all these concepts you have can actually work together. You know, that you may not have not even thought of yet that may be an outside of the box thought that somehow you can combine singing and helping others and somehow creating, you know, something in the medical field, all of those things can somehow blend together in a way you haven't even thought of yet. That is definitely a 
a goal. Yes, yes. Do you think that wanting to be in law or politics or or in the medical field and helping people has a lot to do with your experience in losing Gavin? Or did you have an interest in that when you were even before that? I think being a doctor definitely has to do with it. But I think I've always really enjoyed debate and being a lawyer. And I get that from my mom, who mm-hmm. was like some European debate champion at one point in high school. Nice. Doing some cool stuff there. And then my cousin, who just pat- graduated his Arizona bar exam, Jake. I get a lot of my inspiration from him. Mm-hmm. And then... Military isn't also a thing that came from Gavin, which isn't technical, isn't really like a job. I wouldn't want to be in the military my whole life, but Mm -hmm. protecting people. Right. right. I get a lot of that from my dad, who was in the military, and my uncle Steve, who was in the military, and my cousin, who just went into the Coast Guard. So just like your writing, you, you really are somebody who's very observant. You take a lot of different things in and kind of think about them, internalize them, and then kind of figure out how you can utilize them in your own way. Definitely. Mm. That's really, really good. So now what is kind of the next project or what is the next thing that someone can help with within your Athletes Crushing Cancer organization? Is there an event coming up or a place we can donate or somehow we can help in what way? Right now there are shirts for sale. There's gonna We have long sleeve shirts right in. If you've ever seen like the Vineyard Vine shirts or like the tournament shirts you get from like softball. They're long sleeve. Mm -hmm. They have the logos on the arm. They have the logos where on the like pocket area on the front. They have a big logo on the back. They're super cool. They're gray. We have a bunch of sizes and then we have some short sleeve shirts coming in, which are also going to be really nice. And where can we purchase those? What's the website? Um, I believe it's off the Facebook page or the Instagram page, which are both athletes crush cancer okay and then the proceeds go to childhood cancer is that what it's for basically we send our the stuff we earn to arms wide open Mm -hmm. and arms wide open donates it Mm. that's good okay so the last question i have for you which i end with all my guests is what is one word one quote one mantra something that you try to live by every day oh hmm That's a that's a rough one. I'm trying to. <laughs> What's trying the to, first thing that comes to mind? First thing that comes to mind is probably one of the quotes that caught my eye because our science teacher has this thing where he'll always put up quotes on the board, mm-hmm. and it's if something doesn't go right today, lay down because there's always a tomorrow. That's a good one. That's very very true. I like that. Well. Logan, I am just super impressed by you for such a young age. It's really wonderful to see you speak so well, to be so kind and caring towards others, to be creating something, to have the confidence and the strength to do that. You're a very impressive young lady, and I have no doubt that you will continue to do quite amazing things in the future. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, and uh, we will be sure to uh, put a link for those shirts, and we will chat soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you want to learn more, you can visit Ordinary People Doing Extraordinary Things over on iTunes or SoundCloud. If you'd like to learn more about this episode, please visit emotiondancefit.com slash Logan. If you've really liked the podcast, I would greatly appreciate your review over on iTunes.
Remember, each of you is capable of achieving anything you want in life. And you, yes, you, have something truly special about you that deserves recognition. If you'd like to be featured on the podcast, send an email to Kerry, K-E-R-I, at EmotionDanceFit.com. Be confident, be kind, be happy. change the past I would walk a different path from where I stood but these broken breaks at my fingertips are doing me Without you now